This is Speak Earth. I'm Case Bradford. Thank you for tuning in to this episode with Chris Sanborn. Chris is the founder of Alive Water, and he also runs findaspring.org. Both are centered around connecting people with wild water, natural, flowing, alive water. Hence the name of his company, Alive Water, which is an amazing way to access some of the best quality water on earth. And if you aren't familiar with water quality, we touch on that in this conversation. Does water have a consciousness? What's the difference between tap water and spring water? What about bottled water in the grocery store? What is the deal with that? We riff on those questions along with much more in this conversation. Chris is a fascinating guy. He lives on Hawaii. He hunts, he spearfishes, and he knows a ton about water. And I really enjoyed learning more about this magical substance water has so much depth i've included a link down below to check out alive water they service parts of california florida and texas at the time of this recording hopefully more areas soon so that link down below will help you save 10 percent if you'd like to try some natural spring water or acquire some of the beautiful vessels that we talk about they've adorned with the flower of life and they really are amazing glass bottles and jugs that you can use through find a spring this is chris's nonprofit to find a spring in your area and acquire water natural flowing wild water on your own so that's it appreciate you tuning in hope you enjoy this conversation with chris sanborn how are you doing very well thanks stoked to be with you you've got an amazing company called Alive Water and a nonprofit called Find a Spring. I actually have some of the waters in the, in the background here and, and drinking out of uh, one of the vessels here. It's just absolutely amazing to think that you've got an entire company grabbing spring water, putting it in these amazing glass vessels and then delivering it to people, not throughout the entire United States, but a pretty solid portion. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a fun journey and um, yeah, most of California Austin and San Antonio and then Miami up to West Palm Beach and uh, you know of course we ship glass everywhere so people can go and and uh, use find a spring and go collect their own water uh, really anywhere on the planet that's kind of a great global resource it is it is and I guess as a foundational starting point what is a spring hmm good question yeah, so a spring is a place where water exits the earth. You know, there's cold springs, there's hot springs, um, and then, of course, there's um, a lot of uh, variations there. You know, there's some springs are really pristine and um, and just perfectly ideal for drinking, and, and some springs um, might just be kind of shallow seeps um that are uh unfortunately uh contaminated with um a lot of the industrial age stuff that's uh around our environment so the water just comes up from the earth i've heard a, a few different perspectives on this some say that this is an infinite resource that the earth is essentially just generating this water and it will be doing so continuously. And others say that it's limited and it's coming from these underground aquifers that are going to run out someday. What, what do you think of those two perspectives? 
Yeah, I think um, I think it's kind of both in a way. Like you know, I think there's certain aquifers where they're pumping up, and it's like um, you know, like like northern or central California, like in between um, L.A. and San Francisco. You know, that big farming area. It's like the ground is shrinking, shrinking there because they're pumping so much water out of the ground. Um, but I do think that there's also um, a really cool concept of primary water sources. And these are sp springs that have been... Um, never been on the surface of the earth before and we know that because um they're when they did nuclear testing and just nuclear bombs it created radioactive isotopes in the atmosphere so like we're breathing that in right now like all the oceans have it like most fresh bodies of water have it but um certain springs have uh don't have any of this contamination so that um and then there's been a bunch of other studies show that it's the earth kind of has this way of, of creating a chemical reaction for this water that's never been on the surface of the earth before never been water uh with inside itself and um gives me a lot of hope that it's like the earth's way of uh kind of like a natural cleansing process interesting yeah, it is, it is cool to contemplate all the various forms of wild water that are out there. And they're also wonderful, whether it's ocean, lake, river, stream, even puddles are awesome. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of life sometimes just in a little pool. Yeah, tide pools. Those, those I love just walking around a tide pool, staring at what's going on in there. It's this amazing sort of show that is honestly pretty psychedelic if you spend any bit of time just kind of gazing at all the life and all the shapes and sizes and colors that is going on down there. It's just such an amazing ecosystem and the ocean as well. Such such an amazing place to be. And I know before we started recording, you mentioned that you are currently in, in Kauai. How, how long have you lived there? Um, so I've been on Kauai like three or four years and I was on Maui three or four years before that. And yeah, I definitely hear you on the tide pools. It's like so amazing. Just the, the beauty of the ocean and free diving and spearfishing is like some, are some of my favorite things in the entire world. What drew you to Hawaii? Um, you know, I was living in Topanga Canyon and um just kind of dry and um yeah i just wanted to get like further even further outside of the city and um really do more hunting and fishing and um yeah hawaii is just such a great place for that i spent some time on Kauai earlier this year it was the most amazing place i'd ever been it's such a magical island I, it's hard to wrap my mind around that that place was even real just the amount of trees and plants and life that was everywhere and combined with just these absolutely gorgeous views of, of the ocean and just the vibes were immaculate such a beautiful place oh cool yeah i'm glad you got to to come visit what part were you on this is the south beach i think is uh poipu 
Yeah, yeah, I was is in Poipu. Oh, cool. Did you get yeah. to go up to the North Shore too? Yep, went up there, did an amazing hike. Nice. Uh, what's, what's the name of like the famous hike that's up there? The Kalalau. Uh, I think I think that was it. Did it? Yeah, uh, on the Nepali coast. Yeah, did uh, <laughs> did a barefoot hike and just went took the shoes off and it was such an amazing experience and everyone it's so funny to see people's reactions to to barefoot hiking the there's one lady's like oh you have naked feet naked feet no good <laughs> like, like oh you're funny. so brave and i'm like no you don't understand like this is this is such a higher quality sensory experience to be able to feel the earth under my my feet and i'm getting supercharged from the mm-hmm. electrons and i'm you can actually like feel the stones and the the, the dirt it's like yeah it was, it was such a delightful experience i really love being out there Mm, yeah yeah i've done that hike uh once before and yeah for the people that don't know it's like 11 miles it's pretty gnarly some like really like a lot of like river crossings like a few people die every year um some cliffs and uh a lot of elevation change and uh but yeah it's so beautiful and then the beach you get to is just yeah, like you said, it's unreal. It's like waterfalls, like dumping down onto the beach, and like giant caves and uh, food forests everywhere. And yeah, it's uh, it really is a a very magical, magical place. Yeah, that at a place like that, it it's really it gives a sense of what earth what this place must have been like back before there was so much industrialization mm. and all these modern cities came about and now we have so many pollutants and and plastics everywhere and it's it's kind of disturbing but it's also interesting you know being raised in in this environment and being given this as the norm and now there are solutions coming up like spring water for example what you're doing with with the live water this isn't something that most people are familiar with right you know out of the gate but as they start to learn about health and about food and about water it's definitely an important piece of that puzzle how did spring water how did that come into your consciousness so around maybe 2013 um i kind of became i was like super into health and wellness and yoga meditation and nutrition and um i was really into uh david wolf and daniel vitalis and um and uh reading the all the daniel vitalis stuff with he actually used to have this cool magazine called uh rewild yourself um and um yeah it just kind of made sense to me that it's like why would we not drink water straight out of the earth like our ancestors did for 99 percent of existence and kind of trust that process over um you know all these other forms of water that are basically some iteration of what someone decided water should be like how it should be filtered or, or how you know it should be super alkaline or whatever it was and um so yeah i I, you know went and checked out uh find a spring the site that he had originally created and um drove to big bear california it was like a three-hour drive from topanga and 
I really just felt amazing, like, um, like immediately, like, well, not immediately, but like an hour or two, maybe after visiting the spring, it just like hit me. I was like, whoa, this is like really powerful. Like I felt it. I felt just like the vitality and kind of like a peacefulness and, um, there's no looking back after that. It's a beautiful story. When we think about water, something that comes to mind is it kind of looks the same, right? If if you were to have water from the tap versus spring water, it's like a clear fluid either way. So I think that throws a lot of people off mm-hmm. because then it's just, oh, there couldn't, there couldn't possibly be anything deeper going on. You know, it's like the, the just the visual there. But an, an easy metaphor would be, okay, raw milk versus pasteurized milk. And raw milk, obviously, so much more vitality. You've got more beneficial bacteria. You've got more enzymes. And mm-hmm. you probably got more vitamins and minerals. And the same thing can be said for spring water, which is going to be straight from the earth, which would be, you know, mother earth instead of the mother cow. And it's going to have much more beneficial bacteria and it's going to have probably more minerals and maybe even some extra elements that, that I'm not mentioning. Is that sort of along the, the right lines? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a lot of, um, you know, when you go out to a spring, a fresh spring, there's, there's microalgaes in it. Um, and you know, the water will turn green if it's, if it's, um, exposed to too much light and heat. So, um, you know, maybe these things are, are like probiotics for us. Um, and, um, yeah, I think there's really something special about being able to connect with the earth in that way and like see where our water comes from. Like when you visit a spring and there's also like, you know, all of these these opportunities for wild foraging usually around there, like watercress growing in the stream or all these other things. So it's just a great opportunity to like get into nature and um, really garner more appreciation for nature. Um, you know, hopefully, my hope is that people will realize how important uh, it is to protect our natural resources and, you know, big part of that I think will will come from foraging uh more um independently for for water and food and your nonprofit find a spring is an excellent way that anyone can use to find their local spring yeah yeah so i started um alive water that's that's for profit business and then um i actually bought find a spring from Daniel Vitalis maybe three years ago and did a bunch of improvements. Yeah. And then we turned it into a nonprofit. How many, do you have any sense of like how many springs there are out there? Like total, like, like really prolific ones. Yeah. Hmm. Probably millions. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I mean, some of them are very hard to get to, you know, I mean, some are like in the middle of a of a glacier <laughs> in Antarctica <laughs> or something. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good ones that are accessible and lots more to find that aren't on on Find a Spring yet. Yeah, if folks were to stumble upon a spring, they could add it through that. It's like a crowdsource um, spring 
finding it and cultivating that work? Am I understanding it correctly? Yeah, it's a publicly generated database. People go in there and just add cold springs or hot springs, and um, you can add photos and videos, and you can earn karma points to receive discounts on a live water glass. Um, people can uh, purchase discounted water tests, upload water test results. It's also kind of just like a, a place for the community to um, to engage and um, and hopefully you know gather around these uh, priceless um, resources. It's awesome because if we think about sovereignty, what we sort of want and, and need as a civilization to be happy, healthy beings. Water is really a fundamental part of, of that equation. And to think that we can take our jugs and use find a spring to go fill them up with some vitalizing, powerful life force straight from Mother Earth, that's a pretty cool concept. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, I'm sure you've, you've probably been to some, some hot springs, yeah? Yes, awesome. Yeah, so you know, you just always feel like this uh, this healing from them. I mean, you know, in certain cultures like Japan, they and um, a lot of European cultures, um, even some some old like American like um, places, they really revere springs for their for their healing sources and have built like entire hospitals uh, around them. Um, just focused on on just the hot spring, the the healing that it can can have for people, and um, yeah, it's such a such a gift to be able to um, enjoy these hot springs and um, yeah, have a map uh, that that shows more details for us. Went to a hot spring in Ojai called Ecotopia. It was a clothing optional spot so you could chill nude in these amazing hot pools. And then there was a cool stream running right next next to it. So just a natural sort of contrast therapy. You could get, sit naked on a smooth stone and meditate in the cold stream and then just go dip into this amazing hot spring and soak in the healing waters. I, I've never felt so relaxed in my life after, I think it was just a couple hours hanging out there. It was just I could absolutely see that being incorporated in some sort of future healing center because it's just such an amazingly healing and relaxing experience. It blew my mind. Yeah, Ecotopia is really cool. I've Did you ever see the spring before it was privatized? No. Yeah, so, you know, th this was a really interesting case where it's like, you know, I'm all about, like, keeping public lands in public hands that being said, like I visited um, the Matillaha Hot Springs in Ojai a uh, long time ago, 10 years ago or something. And it's kind of just like a party scene, like lots of people like drinking like gross beers and like, you know, cigarette butts and just trash all over the place. And, um, wasn't very enjoyable you know it's not a place that had that like zen meditation thing and um yeah i was actually really happy you know i always tell people like that this is like a great actual actual um 
use case for for being a proponent of um, privatizing the springs because it is so lovely now and and you know you have to make reservations so it doesn't get overcrowded and um, it's just it's just really nice having it having it that way and you know to pay a little bit of money um, is is not something I think most people mind at all to for that increased uh, enjoyment. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that there's that backstory to it. What What are some of your other favorite hot springs that you've been to? Yeah. A lot of backstory with, with Matilla. The, uh, yeah, there was a, um, a big flood one time too. And, uh, actually helped with kind of like digging out the mud and remove and like moving the rocks back and stuff. Um, just interesting you know nature is always moving um yeah some of my favorite hot springs um oh man iceland is definitely comes to top of mind um it's just such a beautiful country everything is like so clean there and um you know the blue lagoon you've probably seen like the photos of is just such a special beautiful silica rich like silky water um and so many hot springs all over the place in iceland and it's uh it's kind of a country that um really relies on the thermal water like almost every little village has these like community pools that are like geothermally heated and they just really honor water there too like the um the water you get out of the taps um is very minimally processed and it's very clean like there's no chlorine like you can just drink right out of the taps wow. and it's like pretty good water actually that's awesome yeah you mentioned silica silica rich soaking soaking spring which is a, an interesting mineral and on the topic of minerals when it comes to spring water is silica more present in that versus any other water that you could get or in other minerals as well? What, what What's your take on the, the mineralization of, of water? Yeah, so there's definitely kind of an ideal ratio in my mind. Um, you know, if you go, like if you start with something like reverse osmosis, right? Like, you know it's a decent way to take out like some of the nasty stuff that would be in a lot of like municipal taps like like uh takes out most of the fluoride and chlorine and all that stuff but what happens is you have a very um kind of dead um water with no no minerals in it and uh you know in chemistry class we learned that water is the universal solvent so it can can actually build things up or break things down and um you know water likes to have this homeostasis in its natural form it, it has minerals in it it's not just like this blank hydrogen and oxygen substance so it you know it can be really dangerous when drinking like a lot of reverse osmosis water or distilled water can actually um leach minerals from our body um, at the other end of the spectrum, there's like really super heavy mineral, like, 
um, mineralized springs that are like probably like too much minerals that might be a bit hard for your body to process. Um, then somewhere in the middle is the sweet spot where there's like a good um, amount of all of the uh, the things that, that we like, the potassium, magnesium, a uh, little bit of calcium, a little bit of sodium, and then uh, silica is definitely the the one that uh, you want to see a good bit of. That's like the rare beauty mineral, and it's um, definitely um, a special substance that sometimes you can see in good spring water if it's been sitting for a while. It'll actually sprout these little like rainbow crystals, um, and that's the silica. Wow. That's amazing, it, especially when we stop and think how much money people are spending on electrolyte supplements, for example, which is a mineral-based powder that you can take to give your body energy. I think evolutionarily, the water from the wild would have presented us with these minerals so that we could have the energy and the electrolytes. But now that our water has been stripped from that, we've got to add it back out through a supplementation or through something like a live water, which... I'll link down below in the show notes so everyone can access and see if it's available in their area so that they can place an order to try this amazing water as well and, and access these minerals and enzymes and probiotics that, that you mentioned, or, or the algae, sorry, the, the algae and the uh, probiotics that you mentioned. And I think it's it's just another one of these things that we've sort of lost over time and that we're starting to regain. And I'm, I'm really curious about the aspect of your story is when you, you went to that spring up in Big Bear and, and now you're at the point where you're shipping these amazingly beautiful flower of life endorned glass jars all over the United States. Like how, how did that go? How did you go from getting it yourself to now that you're shipping it worldwide? Like what were some of the, the key moments or stages along that process? Cause it's such an audacious endeavor. It's very bold. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty wild back then. We would leave at like 4 a.m. in the morning with a, a wooden trailer um, that I had made and um, a bunch of five-gallon glass jugs and just go fill up um, by hand. And um, that was great for a while, but then, you know, realized that the that things uh, – were that you know we couldn't if we wanted to scale that we would we would need to do uh something bigger so we um searched the whole west coast for a few weeks and um was really happy when i found opal springs it definitely um is a very magical spring um flowing out of a lava tube 108,000 gallons per minute and they uh they call it opal springs cuz there's fire agates that uh that look like opals wow so that's where a lot of the, the water is originating from that magical place. And then it, it is able to be put in these glass jars and, and delivered to, to the doorsteps. And this, this water, I believe that there's like something different about it. I think, I think water may potentially have its own kind of consciousness. It may be potentially a living substance. At mm -hmm. least it seems that way to me out, out in nature, yeah. out in the wild. And I think maybe that harkens to the name Alive Water a little bit, but I'm, I'm curious what you make of that. Yeah, I, I definitely think water has a consciousness and, you know, it's been kind of, I don't want to say absolutely 100% proven, but it's definitely like been um, 
made pretty apparent that it's likely that water has intelligence through Omoto and Omoto's work, Dr. Omoto that most people know, and Beta Austin and all of these people um, kind of figuring out ways to quantify um, just thoughts and um, and our intention with water and um, yeah, I definitely think there's there's a spirit to water. I feel it most intensely when I'm by the ocean, in the ocean, listening to the waves, watching the waves, seeing them crash on the rocks, seeing the water swirl. It really seems like that's a very dense expression of God. And you can also kind of see that at a rough, rushing river, running down through the rapids, things like that. You really do feel a a higher power when, when you're around it and consuming it. It's like if you, if you drink something like Dasani, for example, just like a plastic water bottle filled with this tap water, essentially, that is they're charging, I think, probably 5,000% X, you know, margins. <laughs> it's just not, it, it's, it's not even hydrating, I don't believe. It, it's probably doing more harm than good. Yeah, it's definitely not the best, not the best ever, you know, microplastics, leaching, and um yeah just recycled recycled tap water and uh yeah it's wild it's wild to me that people uh that they drink that i mean i guess it's maybe a little bit better than like super toxic tap water but uh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i i'd read somewhere that it that it's that tap water actually has higher standards and regulations than just then um, selling it in a plastic bottle for whatever reason, because the, I think the city regulates tap water more than it regulates water bottle sales. I, I could be off about that. Hopefully uh, nobody comes after me with a, some sort of fact checking, but I, I remember reading no, I that. I think I've thing. heard that too. <laughs> yeah. That's so wild. That's just I, I, bottled water has to just be one of the biggest scams in the history of mankind. If, if we really stop to contemplate how, how kind of evil that whole, especially if you think about all the plastic pollution that has come as a result of it. It's just mind blowing. Yeah. Some of it. I mean, I think there are, there are some other companies doing decent spring water and, and reusable glass and, you know, not a lot, but um, yeah, you know, it's uh, always a silver lining. I think it's great that, that people are starting to have more awareness with uh with the kind of water that they drink and it's a, a growing industry and you know soda is uh soda sales are down every year so um yeah i think uh you know it's a step in the right direction that people are at least starting to to think about um what might be the best uh forms of water to drink Absolutely. That's a great point and a really awesome evolution of our of our species. I know things have gotten a little bit dark recently and, and in some ways there's still enormous amount of darkness, but I do believe there's a lot of light coming and it's emerging slowly but surely. And the embrace of water in its true wild and natural form is certainly a part of that. Is, is your vision with the live water to bring it to the entire world or the entire United States, at least to start? Yeah, we definitely have ambitions to grow more 
Um, you know, it's a lot of infrastructure, finding a bottler and cold storage and vans and drivers and um, and uh, I feel like we're still really early to what we're doing. It's it's not, um, you know, it's like I don't know, like organic food twenty years ago or something is kind of what I feel like it is. So um, yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not in any rush, but yeah, definitely excited to to get uh, into into more major cities and and uh, even more uh, countries uh, in the sometime in the future. In between when you found Opal Springs and decided that this was going to be a new source of water to scale to more people, at what, at what point were you able to stop bottling it by hand and using it with and, and loading it into that wooden, wooden uh, trailer that you made yourself and, and evolve past that from, from a business standpoint? Yeah, so a big one in the beginning was the, the custom glass. You know, when we started, it was... The only option was these really heavy five-gallon glass jugs. Pretty immediately, we realized we needed to make a more custom jug um, that was more convenient and safe for people to use. Um, so started off with the jug and then the dispenser and then one liter and one-gallon bottles, pitchers, cups, um, bags for the water bottles, and um, yeah we actually like incorporated the business in 2015 as of now we have like i think like 3300 customers like 3300 uh mostly families some individuals beautiful yeah and with the custom designs on the glass jugs they are quite amazing how how did you decide to what was the thought behind adding this design to the bottles yeah, you know, the flower of life is um, one of those symbols that's really ancient and goes all the way back to the Egyptian pyramids thousands of years ago. Um, and if you look at nature, it's it's kind of this beautiful web that, that connects all of nature and... Um, so yeah, it just felt felt right to use that design and uh looks looks really beautiful and um I love that it's like how it's like concentric like connecting uh kind of like circles like like water. It's like how water like connects connects all of us. Awesome. I wonder if the symbolism on the glass jar adds any extra energy to the water or any sort of additional frequency? Yeah. I mean, people ask me that all the time and, um, you know, I think, I think, yes, you know, I'm, I'm not one to say, you know, for, for sure, certainly without having like hard evidence to quantify that. Um, but you know, also to just having beautiful things, I think, um, makes you want to enjoy them more and um yeah i think our glass definitely um looks looks pretty great in in most spaces that's a great point beautiful things just raise our vibration and then all of a sudden Mm. life is just higher quality when we've got 
more beautiful things around. We're just enjoying enjoying our experience more. I mean, compare 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 these beautiful glass designs with the flower of life on it to like a plastic bottle, and there's just no comparison. Obviously, it's so much more and holding it feels better drinking from it feels better looking at it feels better and that those feelings can emit through the the rest of rest of life and able to transmit that to others and and to my own work and to myself and yeah it's it's pretty groovy and now that's making me think of your water practice you're an expert in in water i'm, I'm curious with some nitty-gritty things like how much of it do you drink a day? Are there any sort of specific practices that you adhere to with your water? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, honestly, I'm pretty simple. Like, I don't, you know, I know a lot of people are like, yeah, I like put it, you know, all these minerals and then put it in a magnetic vortexer and, <laughs> uh, you know, all the stuff. There's like wands and, I mean, <laughs> you know, for me, it's just... I uh, I put it in a glass pitcher and uh, I actually do really enjoy this um, flavoring called pure rose nectar. It's made from all organic roses. Uh, we sell it on our website and I actually really do enjoy the taste of that. So I usually add that to my water and then just put the pitcher, the glass pitcher in the fridge and and uh that's pretty much it i don't feel like there's much you need to do to good spring water awesome yeah it is it is funny water is one of those things where it gets really woo woo like not even yeah, it does <laughs> just objectively it's the most woo woo thing ever and and <laughs> it it it, I, it can almost be a turn off for people i think when they're like trying to get healthy because even if you, you go to the water section of like a grocery store which is a ridiculous concept just on its face that there's a water section at a grocery store and there's all these different you know labels and designs and descriptions of the water alkaline versus like spring water mineral water and it uh -huh. can be difficult to understand and then you've got the things like you mentioned the the wands and the, the vortex machines that are supposed to i think make the water structured more more of a living uh fluid but it's Hard, hard, hard to know what you know what is real or, or worthwhile within that realm. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe some of it's valid. I mean, I could see vortexing water, like I could see the validity in that, like just kind of shaking it up, uh, bringing some vivaciousness to it, like it would be flowing in a natural spring or river um yeah what is your do you have any kind of like process in in um your drinking water it's interesting lately for the i guess the past season of my life I'll, I'll have water in the morning with some minerals added to it usually just to rehydrate myself and then i don't drink that much water you know plain i, I find that fruit is is very hydrating and I think that that comes to mm -hmm. comes to the idea of the fourth phase of water or, or structured water. And that kind of describes the idea that the water content within fruit is structured in a different way from what I would get from, from, from a tap. So if I have good quality spring water, that that's, is amazing. Like a live water is, I feel that being very hydrating, but when I drink water from the tap, even if it's filtered, I find that it's not 
even really, it kind of just goes straight through me. But when I, when I mm-hmm. eat fruit, I'll add some salt and I find that that actually hydrates me. Spring water I find is very hydrating. So I'd, I don't consume a large quantity. I'm not trying to force myself to drink eight glasses a day or whatever, you know, <laughs> the idea is with that. I find that just kind of runs through me and doesn't, doesn't really help. But yeah, I, that's what I've found recently with sort of water and hydration is, is that fruit presents an amazing, I think that's kind of spring water. And I'm wondering if I'm on the right track with it based on, on your expertise, where kind of the spring water we get from the earth would be similar to what we'd find in, in a piece of fruit versus um, what we'd get from the tap. Certainly, I, I find that that's just not not nearly as vitalizing. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I don't think you need like, you know, it's funny. People are like, yeah, drink like eight ounce or like, I don't know, whatever the metric is, you know, 60 ounces of water or 100 ounces of water a day. And then they, they have their like cup that like, you know, like, yep, I like got through my how many ever ounces. And um, yeah, for me, I just drink when I'm thirsty. And yeah, I mean, I don't think you need like a, a lot of water if it's really good. And um, yeah, you're drinking a lot of fruit. Um, you know, I drink a lot of tea that has water in it. I think a big factor too is just where you live and, and, and what time of year it is and how much you work out. If you're, you know, working out in the middle of summer in Arizona, you're gonna, you're gonna go through a lot more water than, than someone in, in Colorado in winter who's has an office job. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, have you ever done any like pure water fast or, or dry fast? You know, I haven't actually done much. I've done a little bit of like the um, the master cleanse and like a bunch of other kind of like juice cleanses and um, yeah, I wanna I wanna actually do do more of that. How, what about yourself? I've done quite a bit of like zero calorie fasting. So that would include tea, black coffee, un, uh, zero calorie mineral mixtures, salt. And then I've, I've done some water fast as well with your alive water spring water, which was a great and easy way to do water fast. I felt that that was pretty vitalizing. And then with dry fasting, I've done like a day and a half of that, but I know people who have done two week dry fasts or, um, wow. It, it's crazy because if you Google it, it says three days is like you die after three days of no water. <laughs> that's like, I mean, that's obviously wrong, but it's also stressful if you're like going to try it to be like, okay, it's, it's day three. I'm going to drop dead any, <laughs> at any moment now. But yeah, it's, it, it, it's eye opening to think that that's possible because we're definitely maybe drawing water in from the atmosphere or something, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot more going on than I think we're we're presented in, in like the mainstream Western world when it comes to health and the way that our, our bodies work in water and, and the way that it all inter, interplays and interconnects. Yeah, it is it is really interesting. And then you know you hear about people that are just breatharians and um, yeah, I mean I don't know who knows could be could be super legit. I mean you know for me I I love I love good food and. Um, and, uh, not for me, but, um, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting all the all the diets that people experiment with nowadays. My my wife was a raw vegan when I met her, and now she like helps me process deer carcasses and um, makes bone broth and you know the full thing. So it's uh, yeah, and I it's uh, it's interesting just the different phases of, of life I think too that we go through. Like I was vegetarian at one point myself, and uh, yeah, a lot of different different things, and you know some things work for certain people and and others just uh don't yeah yeah that's a lot of times it does come down to that and when i was on Kauai, i was alarmed by it, it really stood out what food was local and grown in Kauai and what food was flown in because of the the prices for one thing we're just like exorbitant on the stuff that is imported which makes total sense it's got to be flown you know six hours over the ocean versus the, the stuff paradise that <laughs> yeah, the paradise tax in in Hawaii is so real. I'm I'm curious, like how how does that play out with with your life? I know you mentioned that you love hunting and and spear fishing. Is that are you using that sort of as a primary way to sustain your nourishment, or like what what is your thought on that? Since you lived there for 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 so many years, um, yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that was like my primary. You know that most of what I eat is what I hunt and fish. Um, a great aspiration and there's certain you know certainly there are certain points in my life where um like a few months ago me and my buddy went to maui and caught like five deers um and you know that's that's kind of the main red meat we were eating uh steaks i have a burger maker and just all the different forms of that for many months um but yeah, I uh, I definitely strive to do that as much as I can. But also, um, unfortunately, some of the fish out here, like especially the reef fish, you got to be careful. They can have cigatera, which is a, a neurotoxin. Um, and then also, I actually got my blood test done recently, and I had high mercury levels. So I've been trying to kind of just source fish with uh with lower mercury levels makes sense and with the spear fishing when you when you go do that what is that experience like from what from what i understand you're you're holding your breath going down there with like a spear gun and, and seeking out tasty looking fish yeah yeah it's uh it's so fun it's um it's definitely kind of like a like breath work mixed with meditation i would say is a good way to um explain it you know you're you're holding your breath um and kind of working through mental barriers too like oh how long can i actually hold my breath for and then yeah it's just exciting you know you get to see the beautiful reef and all the the animals and then like the thrill of the when you see that one and you and you just you wait for it to turn so you get the perfect angle and the perfect shot and then it's you know uh you pull the trigger and it's it's biting and you feel the power of it and like you uh you're just so present and uh and you stab it through the brain it dies like super you know probably the quickest most painless death um a fish can have and um yeah and then 
get to enjoy uh, sharing it with your friends and family. That is, that is amazing experience that not many, not many have have done. But I imagine back when our species was was more coastal, and I think I think a lot of people have this misconception that like we come from cavemen. But I think it's probably more accurate to perceive that we come from coastmen, where our species were probably almost always around the ocean. I think that's why it's so nice to return to the ocean and, and be in the ocean, live around the ocean and fish would have been a, a real primary part of our diet. Spearfishing probably would have been <laughs> one of the primary things that, that we, we did. And I think like hold, hold breath holding and hunting, mixing those two together is just, that seems so next level, but you're mentioning it, it's meditative as well. Are you able to access just a whole different state in, in your mind through that? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's really interesting to see what comes up in your mind and um, and just and trying to work through it. It's um, yeah, it's interesting. It definitely pushes you. Sometimes, like a fish will, you know, swim into a cave and get stuck in the cave, and then you know, or you'll you'll hit the fish but you'll miss the shot and it's like then he goes into a cave and like you know you want to like not not lose the fish so then you're like all right like you know i'm just gonna keep pushing it a little bit further and um yeah definitely a good thing to have like a, a diver buddy with you just in case um a shallow water blackout would happen but um yeah for the most part it's uh it's uh pretty chill i mean it's also like you know you can do more like reef diving or like you can do like some of my my buddies who um who like to to hunt at 100 feet and and you know to them it's like the bottom of the the swimming pool (laughs) wow yeah it's it's amazing to imagine i've really enjoyed getting to know your story better and, and listening to everything that you've got going on. It's, it, it's been a pleasure and really inspired to share the power of, of spring water more and, and get more connected with, with nature and just kind of find ways that we can spread these good vibes. It, it's, it's been great. And I just want to make sure I give you some time here to share anything else that, that you'd like to share as, as we bring our conversation to a conclusion and, and thanks for for coming on to, to roof with me. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Check out findaspring.org. And, you know, even if you do get our, our convenient spring water delivery to your home, I think it's, there's something really beautiful about getting to go into nature and, um, hunting for cold and hot springs and, um, just being around really good water you know there's in japan they have this this term like forest bathing where you get you soak up the good vibes from the from the water and nature and um yeah get out get outside awesome chris thank you thank you